Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. So, I wanted to start with a feel good story again. Okay. So, uh, it starts, I work with four kids that belong to two families, not my own. The six-year-old Bella just finished kindergarten and is very smart. All of last year, she has sworn she hated peanut butter. Every time peanut butter was brought up, she'd voice her hatred. Friday, I was talking to the kids about one of my favorite sandwiches, peanut butter and banana. She said how she would like to try it, and then I reminded her that she didn't like peanut butter. She said, oh yeah, I don't like peanut butter. How she said it made me think, so I asked, Bella, why don't you like peanut butter? She said, well, I used to like peanut butter before I went to kindergarten, but my friend at school is allergic to peanut butter. It can make him really sick and he can even die, so I can't eat peanut butter. I said, um, honey, you know you can eat peanut butter as long as you aren't around him, right? She gasped, I can? (laughs) This poor kid gave up eating peanut butter anywhere because she was afraid that if she did, it would make her friends sick. Aww. I wish more people thought about others the way she does. <laughs> Isn't that sweet? That is so cute. I know. Little kids, they're so innocent. Aww. So cute. Okay, so now I have just weird shit that's happened to start off with. Okay. Start off with. So um, first one. Margaret Bell, who kept bees in Lent Warden, maybe, about seven miles from her home in Ludlow, in England, died in June of 1994. Soon after her funeral, mourners were amazed to see hundreds of bees settled on the corner of the street opposite the house where she lived for 26 years. The bees stayed for an hour before buzzing off over the rooftops. The local press ran a photograph of the bees hanging on the wall in a cluster. So they had, they mourned her for like an hour. Yeah. That's sweet. Huh. Bees. See, all things have little personalities. Mm -hmm. I I mean, everything. Even if it's a bug. That's why I can't fathom how people are so mean to animals. I know. I I don't get it. I know. It's terrible. Uh, next one, on December 11, 2002, two motorists called police to report seeing a car veering off the A3 trunk road with headlights blazing at Burfham in Surrey. Alrighty. I don't know what I just said. Uh, a thorough search uncovered a car concealed in dense overgrowth and a long dead driver nearby. It turned out that the crash had actually happened five months earlier when the driver, Christopher Chandler, had been reported missing by his brother. Ooh, ghost car. Yeah, so two people. He was like, fuck this, man. Nobody's finding me. I'm doing something. Mm. Two people saw it. That's cool. I know. Next one. An irregular shaped hole about 10 feet by 7 feet with 2 feet vertical sides was found on a remote farm near Grand Coulee, Washington State, in October 1984. It had not been there a month earlier. Dribblings of earth and stone led to a three-ton grass-covered earth divot 75 feet away. It was almost as if the divot had been removed with a giant cookie cutter, except that roots dangled intact from the vertical side of both hold and slab. There were no clues such as vehicle tracks and an earthquake was thought, but very unlikely. I'm having a hard time picturing what that looks like. It's an ira- an irregular shaped hole that was just, like, cut out of the ground. Hmm. And it said that, um, like, roots had dangled but were intact on the sides. Hmm. So they had been in the ground at some point and something, I mean, what the fuck is that? That's weird. I know. Was it a UFO landing? Possibly. They took a chunk of earth with them? Mm Mm-hmm. Very possible, I guess. Next one. Uh, Laura Buxton released a helium-filled balloon during celebrations for her grandparents' gold wedding anniversary in Blurton, Staffordshire, in June 2001. 
Attached to the balloon was her name and address and a note asking for the finder to write back. Ten days later, she received a reply. The balloon had been found by another Laura Buxton in the garden hedge of her home in Pusey, Wiltshire, about 140 miles away. Both Lauras were aged 10. They both had three-year-old black Labradors, a guinea pig, and a rabbit. No way. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. This one is fucking nuts. A noise a bit like amplifier feedback has been heard for three years coming from the right ear of a Welsh pony called Misty. According to veterinary record April 1995, it varied in intensity but stayed at a constant pitch of 7 kilohertz. Hearing a buzzing in one's ear is called subjective tinnitus, but much rarer is when others can also hear the noise. This is called objective tinnitus, and the cause is still largely a matter of debate. So there was a noise coming out of a horse's ear? Yes. That's weird. Yes. Huh. Next one, a nine-year-old Chinese girl was playing in Song, Songjin near Shanghai in July 1992 when she was carried off by a whirlwind and deposited unhurt in a treetop almost two miles away. Oh, my gosh. According to a wire report from May 1986, a freak wind lifted up 13 children in the oasis of Hami in western China and deposited them unharmed in sand dunes and scrub 12 miles away. Oh, my gosh. I know. What? That's some serious wind. Unreal. Like, what? What? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine, like, looking out your window and seeing your kid flying through the air? No. Especially 13 of them? Yeah. Like... (laughs) I would, I would lose my mind, I think. (laughs) I I mean, that's insane. That's weird. Okay, next one. In April 1997, a turkey hunter in Yellowstone State Forest, Indiana, came upon a huge sandstone boulder wedged between three branches of an oak tree about 35 feet from the ground. The arrow-shaped rock was estimated to weigh 500 pounds. Subsequently, four more large boulders were found wedged high up in trees elsewhere in the forest. All were in remote areas. None of the trees were damaged, and there were no signs of heavy equipment being used or of tornado damage, and no one recalled any mishaps involving dynamite anywhere nearby. Hmm. So 500-pound boulders. Gee, how does it even stay in a tree if I it's know, that heavy? I know. The only, I mean, because I was thinking possibly it grew, but that's impossible because a small tree. It's not going to be, no, it's it not going to be able to. It would that up. No, no. Isn't that crazy? That's weird. Next one, while on holiday, a woman referred to by the British Medical Journal in 1997 as A.B. heard two voices in her head telling her to return home immediately. Back in London, the voices gave her an address that turned out to be a hospital's brain scan department. The voices told her to, to ask for a scan as she had a brain tumor and her brain stem was inflamed. Though she had no symptoms... A scan was eventually arranged, and she did indeed have a tumor. After an operation, A.B. heard the voices again. They said, we are pleased to have helped you. Goodbye. A.B. made a full recovery. Oh, my gosh. Who's talking to us? I know. And honestly, why would she listen? I don't know. If I had people talking in my head that wasn't me... And they're telling me to go to the hospital. I maybe. I I might. I don't know. I mean, who knows how insistent they would have become if she didn't listen. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's insane. Huh. Who was it? I don't know. Has to be a guardian angel. Has to be, right? I don't know. Or aliens, but why would they care? Time traveler? Possibly. 
know. Weird. Weird. A hazard unique to Venezuelan highways is a slippery goo called La Mancha Negra, or the Black Stain. Although it is more of a sludge with the consistency of chewing gum, the government has spent millions of dollars in research. No one knows what the goo is or where it comes from or how to get rid of it. It first appeared in 1987 on a road from Caracas to the airport covering 50 yards and spread every year. By 1992, it was a major road hazard all around the capital, and it claimed uh, 1,800 motorists that had died after losing control. The problem remains to this day. That's weird. I know. Where is it coming from? What is it? What's it made of? They can't figure any of that out? That's cr- That seems crazy to me. I know. Next one. When Jim Wilson's father died in Natal, South Africa, in April 1967, both Jim, living in England, and his sister Muriel, living in Holland, were informed. Muriel contacted her husband, who was on business in Portugal, and he flew to South Africa right away. Changing planes at Las Palmas Airport in Canary Island, in the Canary Islands, he bought a postcard showing holiday makers on Margate Beach, Natal, and sent it to Muriel. It was she who noticed that the photograph showed her father walking on the beach. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. This one's also crazy. In October 1975, Mrs. Lynn Connolly was hanging washing in her garden in the quadrant hull when she felt a sharp tap on the top of her head. It was caused by a small silver note case, 63 millimeters by 36.5 millimeters hinged containing a used notepad with 13 sheets left. It was marked with the initials SE, C8, and TB or JB, and Claype, K-L-A-I-P-E-A, um, a Lithuanian seaport. No one claimed it at the police station, so it was returned to Mrs. Connolly. It seemed likely that it fell only a short distance, but from where? If it had dropped from a plane, it would have given her more than a tap. Like it just... Yeah. Teleported? Yeah. And it just tapped her on the top of the head. That's weird. Yeah. Next one. The maybe village... maybe oh. it was thrown. Someone threw it. But to her, it seemed like it came from the sky. Possibly, but I mean, you know, she's um, she's hanging... You know, close up in her backyard. Mm-hmm. And so she's standing up. Mm-hmm. They would have had to throw it really super high. Yeah. And it would have had to, I mean, it would have had to been like perfect harmony. You know, like it would have had to be a perfect circumstance in order for that to have happened. But it's highly possible. If, yeah. she, if her backyard's like right up on an alley or something and someone just walked by. I mean, that's weird. But yeah, I guess, it's very weird. I guess it could happen like that. Hmm. Next one. The village of damn it. Canedo de Carnia on Sicily's north coast has been plagued by mysterious fires. The trouble began on January 20th, 2004 when a TV caught fire. Then things in the neighborhood houses began to burn, including washing machines, mobile phones, mattresses, chairs, and even the insulation on water pipes. The electricity company cut off all power, as did the railway company, but the fires continued. Experts of all kinds carried out tests, but no explanation was found. The village was evacuated in February, but when people returned in March, the fires resumed. Police ruled out a pyromaniac after they saw wires bursting into flame. That's weird. It is weird. wonder if they live on, like, a ley, ley line or some crazy mm-hmm. thing. Something, yeah. And my last one. On June 28, 2002, in the middle of a spate 
of unexplained cattle mutilations in Argentina, something macabre was found in a field near Suco, west of Rio Cuarto in San Luis, Providence. Nineteen cows were stuffed into a sheet metal water tank closed with a conical cap. Nine were drowned, but the rest barely alive, having endured freezing temperatures, not to mention the shock of their lives. How in the hell does that happen? I know, that reminds me of the Skinwalker Ranch. Remember yeah. All those bulls? Yeah. In that, in that trailer? Uh, trailer, yeah. Crazy! That's exactly what I thought of. Yeah. Those were mine. Crazy. <laughs> all right. I just did true scary stories. Okay. I got these. Did I get these? I might have got them from Thought Catalog. Great. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First one's called Ghost Car. January 1st, 2003, a stretch of road between two coastal towns in Australia. It was a dark and stormy night. No, really, it was. Driving along with my partner, I noticed a car coming up behind us. Traveling fast. It was a single lane road, so we couldn't move over. I said to my partner, this guy is in a hurry, let him overtake you. My partner agreed, and he moved left as soon as there was an overtaking lane. The car pulled up beside us and then disappeared. There was nowhere it could have gone. We sat in silence for a few minutes and I said, did you see that? He said, yep. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. That is crazy. We were just talking about that, like going about your mundane life. Yeah. And then something crazy like that happens. I want that. (laughs) (laughs) This one's called Wake Up. When I was around 17, I got out of bed to go get my dog out of his kennel and feed him. As I passed one of the cabinets, a voice whispered in my ear, wake up. I could feel the breath and everything and literally just froze for a few seconds and ran upstairs telling myself, what the fuck, repeatedly. It has messed with me to this day. I'd rather have heard absolutely anything else because wake up just messes with you. Yeah. What, wasn't he awake? I don't know. No, it may, I mean, oh my God, that, that makes me question everything. That makes me think of the Matrix. Yes. Oh my God. Isn't that cool? That is creepy. I love it. Uh, this one's called Eerie Remote. My remote once jumped off the TV by itself, the old school box type of television, when I was watching with my girlfriend. Didn't fall or slide off, we actually saw it take a leap as if somebody threw it. We both just sat there being really confused before even questioning it out loud. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Premonition. I had a dream my dog had gone to a distant corner of our heavily wooded backyard and dug a hole to get out, which was odd because he wasn't a digger. He was stuck on the other side of the chain link fence because the hole was at a steep angle and he couldn't squeeze back through. I lifted the fence up enough for him to get back through. The next day I got home and the yard was eerily quiet. He'd just run up to greet me. I thought of the dream and walked straight to the corner where I found him waiting on the other side of the fence and let him in. Ooh, weird. That's creepy. It's kind of a letdown for a premonition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kind of give me something better. Yeah, really. (laughs) (laughs) This one's called Little Blonde Boy. When I was between the ages of four to six, I used to see a little blonde boy through this mirrored armoire in my parents' bedroom. The armoire was big and wooden, but had mirrored accents and mirrors running all the way around the base. If I laid on the carpet in front of it and looked into the mirrors on the bottom, sometimes I'd see a little blonde boy in a red sweater in the corner of the room, far away and a little distorted but still very clear. He would sit with his back to me, looking out the windows to the backyard. I don't remember ever seeing his face. I don't think I saw him many times, but I do remember his image very clearly. In my little kid mind, I thought I invented this super neat mirror trick by myself, (laughs) so I tried to get my parents to see it, too. They always refused, and my mom especially would get super mad at me for asking. 
I stopped seeing the boy when I stopped playing in the bedroom as much as I knew mirrors shouldn't work like. That didn't make sense. Anyway, when I got older, I chalked it up to my overactive kid brain. Didn't think much of it. Years and years later, when I was an adult and long after my parents had sold that house, my mom asked me about the armoire out of the blue, then told me that she used to see the little boy too. Not in the mirrors, but sometimes just out of the corner of her eye, like she'd be cooking and catch a glimpse of blonde hair pass by her hips at a kid's height and occasionally in dreams. It didn't happen too often, but just enough to deeply freak them out. So when I mentioned seeing the same little boy, my mom was just terrified herself. There were other strange stuff in that house, but this was 100% the most vivid I remember. Holy shit. I, I don't like it when parents try to act like it's not... The kids aren't seeing what they're seeing. Or get mad at them. Yeah. I know. As soon as you read that, I was like, she was fucking scared. Yeah. But, yeah, you can't do that. No. You have because to validate their feelings. Exactly. Their... You have to, you can't make them feel like they're, they're crazy. Yeah, they're or wrong. they're not seeing what they're seeing. Yeah. That's just. I agree. Okay. This one's called Grandma. One night, I must have been about five or six, I woke up in the middle of the night and felt uneasy. I was never a good sleeper and would call for my mom if I felt sick, so that's what I did. I called for her and then noticed someone in the corner in a white nightgown and holding what looked like a mug. I genuinely thought it was my mother and asked, Mom, what are you doing in the corner? The figure did not move. I asked it again, and when I had no response, I just went straight back to bed. You'd think such a thing would scare a little kid, but I felt a sense of peace about it all. Then years later, I must have been about 19 years old, I saw a psychic. I know, I know, cold readers are a thing. I remembered that night, but thought it was just sleepy, imaginative kid brain, until the psychic woman repeated the events of the night back to me. You woke up in the middle of the night, someone dressed in, a white, someone dressed in white was in your room in the corner, you thought it was your mother and tried to speak to it, then peacefully went back to sleep. Okay. She then said it was your grandmother, the one who you are named after, and she was there to let you know she's looking after you. That's nice. Yeah. Message from beyond. When I was 16, an uncle, my dad's brother, passed unex unexpectedly. Weeks later, I had a dream about him, and he told me to quit smoking cigarettes. It was way more involved, but it's been 20 plus years, so I don't remember the rest. A month or so later, I mentioned the dream to my parents, and my dad started crying, got up, and walked away. Apparently, he dreamed of talking to his brother, too, and he told my dad that he, my the uncle, needed to talk to me. The ghosts of bacon. Okay. <laughs> I worked for an online retailer warehouse for a few months. There were two depressing windows that obviously were the bare minimum required for zoning that I probably walked by a thousand times a day. Outside, you'd see a concrete retaining wall and some trucks. Obviously, after a while, I'd barely see out of my periphery wall trucks, trucks wall. One t until one day I saw trucks and then in the second window, pigs. It was only a second, but I definitely saw a bunch of massive pigs in fenced-in areas with, a rolling, with rolling hills beyond. Of course, when I looked back, no pigs. For the next few weeks, I stared out the window when I went past, always seeing nothing but that wall. It was only when I got lazy and stopped paying attention that it happened again. Pigs, hill, then look back and gone. <laughs> Apparently, the land used to be a farm. Never found out it was a if it was a pig farm. I like to think it's a flash of the past and not the ghosts of bacon. <laughs> That's crazy. It's kind of weird. It is weird. Little friend. I used to do pest control. Went to a customer's business for the first time. As I walked in the office, I noticed some pictures that were supposed to be hanging on the wall were on the ground and then saw some papers which looked like they had been thrown and scattered off a desk. I picked everything up so I could apply treatment to the floor and surrounding rooms. I then went to treat the only restroom in the office. I simply knocked on the door as a courtesy, as I always do before entering any restroom. 
There was no reply, for nobody was in there. So I went and applied the treatment to the restroom, and I closed the door behind me. As I walked away from the door, I know I heard somebody grab the door handle, twist it open, and open the door. I turned around and looked to see nobody behind me but a door swinging open. The hair on my neck instantly stood up, and I put two and two together. I grabbed my shit and ran downstairs. The receptionist saw me and started laughing. She asked me if I had met their little friend upstairs. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Ghost dream. In 2018, my grandpa was in the hospital due to being in a very bad diabetic state. No one wanted to say it, but he was close to the end of his life. My sister and a few cousins flew out to see him, and he was getting worse. I wanted to go, but I couldn't due to money, and it was killing me because him and I were extremely close. He ends up passing away a couple weeks later, and when my grandma called, she said he kept asking for me and my mom before he passed, and that crushed me. I wanted to say my final goodbyes. I love that man so much. Then one night, I had an extremely vivid dream that I was at the beautiful ranch in Mexico, And I walked through the gates and saw this long house with many cars outside. I went in and opened the door, and I was greeted by my aunt. I I gave her a hug and turned to look who all was there. And sitting right in the corner was my grandpa smiling. He stood up, and I ran to him and gave him the biggest hug. I woke up right after and cried tears of joy and sadness. It felt so real. Aw, that's sad. Phantom phone call. My best friend's dad, who was a second father to me, came to me in a dream and told me to tell my best friend that he loved her and that he was sorry. I woke up to my cell phone ringing to find out it was my best friend, friend, absolutely hysterical, telling me that he finally passed away from sclerosis. I sobbed all day. He was a drunk our whole lives, but it still hurt. Hmm. That's sad, too. Sorry. (laughs) Permanent resident. My husband and I were traveling through New South Wales, Australia, and stayed at a lovely motel. In the morning, we went down to breakfast, and most of the other people had already left, so we were almost alone. Suddenly, a glass flew across an empty table and landed on the floor. I was facing that direction and fully saw it as if it was pushed across the table. I looked behind me at the only other couple, and they were wide-eyed and confused. Apparently, the motel has a permanent resident that likes attention. <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> kitchen encounter. I saw my deceased ex-husband in my kitchen. I was watching TV in my living room in the middle of the day and kept hearing the sound like someone was jiggling their change around, and it was loud as if it were in the room with me. I paused my TV, yet the sound persisted. So I started to look around the room, and when I got to the kitchen, I saw him standing there. He was looking around as if taking stock of my apartment. Oh, and he was jiggling change in one hand, while flipping a quarter in between his fingers with the other hand, something he did a lot when he was alive. He turned his head and saw me frozen, staring at him. The expression on his face was, I knew I would never forget. His eyes got huge... And he kind of tilted his head forward with an expression like, you can see me? (sighs) I don't know how long we stared at each other, but I turned away when I started to hear my cat ripping up the fucking carpet again in the other room. (laughs) When I turned back to my ex, he was gone. Oh my God. It's worth noting that he only, he had only been dead for a couple months. Some Romanian woman I worked with told me that the dead stick around for three months before crossing over. I don't know about all that but i know without a shadow of a doubt what i saw that day oh my gosh that's freaky yeah man when the ghost i even because i told you i'm having some trouble looking up stories yeah i even looked up um like experiences where the ghosts see you yeah and nothing no so yeah i was looking for those kind of stories that's insane that's just, it makes you wonder. It does. It's like, what the fuck so is happening? He, so he's like, just, he's thinking, you know, nobody can see me, so I can go wherever I want. And he's check like, out checking, out, checking out his exes, what's going on with his ex. And she, oh my gosh. That's hilarious. <laughs> Ooh, that's kind of. 
It's crazy. You don't know who's, who's no, around. You don't. <laughs> Bell Bottom Ghost. When I was about nine years old, 1995, in the middle of a bright summer day, I went to the refrigerator get, to get a popsicle. Suddenly, a rough, a rough looking teenage guy with long brown hair, wearing a beige turtleneck and red plaid bell bottoms, turned around the corner into the hallway to my left, then vanished from toe to head as I looked at him. Told no one about it for years until after my mother mentioned meeting the now-grown kids who lived in the house before us, who asked her if she'd seen the bell-bottom ghost. Holy shit! (laughs) What took you so long? My grandfather loved my grandmother a lot. He would constantly tell her she was beautiful and always do embarrassing things to make her laugh. (laughs) Unfortunately, she died a few months after being diagnosed with cancer. This affected him a lot, but as time went on, he came to terms with it. My grandfather lived on for another 18 years. In his final years, he developed really bad Alzheimer's that led him to forget that his wife had passed away and would often call for her or ask us where she went. We explained to him that she had passed away, but it always made him distressed and upset, so we decided to tell him she'll be back soon every time he asked where she was. A month or so before my grandfather passed away, I was at his house with my mother and we were all sitting in the living room. My grandfather, who was seated on his chair, all of a sudden starts frantically asking us where grandmother was. We calmly explained to him she'll be back soon and she was she was just out doing some chores. Unlike most times, he was being persistent on wanting to see her. We explained to him again that she'll be back soon, but he kept getting more persistent. He started to frantically call for her. He screamed her name as loud as he could over and over again until out of nowhere, every single door and window in the room flung open all at once. Shut up. Now we could say that it was just wind, but all the doors and windows in the house had secure locks and would stay locked at all times, since my grandfather would wander off or forget to lock his doors. All the doors and windows burst open at that same second my grandfather who was facing the front door, says, What took you so long? I've been waiting for you. With a smile. My mother and I didn't see the person my grandfather talked to, but I'm sure that he saw his wife. Holy shit. I got goosebumps on that one. No, that was scary. (laughs) Pizza delivery hell. (laughs) The summer after I graduated... Let's try that again. I'm totally leaving that in. (laughs) Thanks. Graduated. (laughs) That reminds me of the Princess Bride. (laughs) Knowledge. (laughs) Wow. Wow. You do that so good. I need to watch that. I haven't watched that in a long time. I know, me too. All right. The summer after I graduated high school, I got a job delivering pizza to help save money for college. I had a lot of run-ins with some pretty weird characters, but nothing like what happened this one night. It was a Friday night. We deliver pizzas until 3 a.m. Fridays and Saturdays. It was 2.45 a.m., and we were preparing to close when our manager said we got a call for delivery at a place almost 20 minutes away being that desperate for money wait being the desperate for money teenager i was i offered to do the delivery this was before smartphones had gps so i used a garmin i plugged in the address and off i went the garmin took me deep into the backwoods of rural texas oh god I finally arrived at my destination. The house looked like something in a horror movie. Big wooden two-story house with no lights on. The first thing I noticed about the house was that the front door was wide open. Oh, no. I sat in my car for a few minutes, debating on turning back and claiming no one was home. Something just didn't feel right. I needed the tip money, so I sucked it up and approached the house. When I got to the open front door, I didn't enter. Instead, I knocked. No one answered. I knocked again as loud as I could. No response. I finally got the courage to say something. Pizza delivery. Anyone home? 
There was a few seconds of silence until I heard a weird voice. Upstairs. I walked in the house and could barely make out my surroundings because it was so dark. I make it to the bottom of the stairs and look up into the dark abyss. (laughs) Again, I said, pizza delivery. The voice spoke again. Come upstairs. I can't get out of bed. Something was very off about this voice. It didn't sound normal. The best I could describe it is if a dog somehow learned to talk, what? but still had trouble pronouncing human words. What? The hair stood up on my neck. There was no fucking way I was going <laughs> up there. The tip wasn't worth it. I placed the pizza at the bottom of the stairs and shouted, I'm leaving it here at the bottom of the stairs. Have a good night. As I turned away, the voice said, no, come upstairs. I can't get out of bed. I replied, I'm sorry, I'm not even allowed to enter someone's home on the job. You'll have to come get it. I heard some loud banging from upstairs with the voice shouting at full volume, Come upstairs! I can't come out of bed! Oh the my voice God. shouted this over and over again like it was a recording on a loop. The banging got louder and louder as the voice got louder. I noped the fuck out of there at full speed. To this day, I have no idea what the fuck happened in that house. Holy shit. What? Okay, first of all, I wouldn't have went in the house. Period. No. Let alone what to the they, stairs. If they can't get out of bed, how is the door open? And why did they order a fucking pizza if they yeah, couldn't exactly. go get it? Yeah, there was there's yeah, something no. going on there. That is scary. Yeah. Oh my gosh. A haunting. I met a girl a long time ago, like close to 20 years ago. We hung out off and on, nothing significant really, just as friends and told stories about our lives and other stupid shit. After a while, she told me a story about a house she used to live in, in a neighboring city. She told me about how she'd experienced the same thing, the same haunting, every few nights. Her bedroom was upstairs, and the kitchen, dining room, a bathroom, and another bedroom were in the basement. Easiest way to access them was through the garage. That's how everyone came inside anyway. No one used the actual front door upstairs. Anyway, in the middle of the night, she'd hear someone enter through the garage and go into the kitchen. They were basically attached. The faucet would turn on and a bowl or something would crash in the sink. The water would stop. The footsteps would continue through the dining room and to the staircase. It was a mini spiral staircase that led into the living room. Her bedroom was attached to that. Then the footsteps would stop halfway up. It was only about 10 steps before the top, but she said they'd always stop at the same point. When she told me this, I panicked. I asked her the address. It was the same house I'd lived in as a kid four years before she did. What? And I experienced the same thing. Only I'd never told a single person about it. Not my parents, my brothers, my friends, no one. Yet she described it perfectly, step by step, room by room. That house was always weird, even before my own experience, but never have I had a shared haunting moment like that. Crazy. I love it when there's validation. I know. And, oh, that sounds very residual. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same thing happening over and over. That had to be crazy energy to do it, like, almost every night for years. Oh, my gosh. That's insane. This one's called Earrings. Four years ago, my fiancé died. He and his parents were American, but we were living in another country. So in less than a week, we had to clean the house. We took with us some things in the plane, but everything else was shipped. When I got to the U.S., I realized I can't find some earrings he gave me at our first anniversary. I called my mom back home to check if I had left left them somewhere, but had no luck. I was absolutely devastated. A few months go by, and one of his aunts had a dream with him, and apparently he said, Tell Fingerhut 89 I have them. So the aunt had no idea what this was about, but she told me, and at the time I didn't really get it. A few more months, and we finally received the cargo with all our stuff. I started unpacking and found this little box where he used to put things like coins, keys, my earrings. I miss him so much, I used to leave my earrings everywhere, and he was always telling me, can you please put them in one place? You are going to lose them. (laughs) That was my last one. Aw, that was nice. (laughs) 
Okay, I believe I, too, just have some scary stories. And I got them from several different places, so I'm just not sure. So my first one, when my sister was young, my parents got her a personal phone. It was a prepaid landline, though, so basically no one could call in or out if she ran out of credit, much like a mobile phone. Every night at 3 a.m., her phone would ring. She said there was a man on the other line, and she would get really scared and come running to my room. It escalated to the point that I asked her to please disconnect her phone before going to sleep because it was becoming extremely annoying to get woken up every single night by this person that called her. To be honest, since she was about 10, I thought it was just these stupid scary movies she liked to watch. Eventually, she just got rid of the phone. A few years ago, we were talking about it, and she confessed that her phone continued to ring even after she disconnected it, which is why she said she didn't want it anymore. She has no recollection of what the person on the other end, end said, or maybe she just completely blocked it out. Ooh, that gave me chills. I know. What? It was still ringing after it was disconnected. Yeah. Because I was, you know, this little girl, she was a little girl, and she was 10 years old, and she gets a personal phone. No little girl's going to get rid of that. No. So when she was, because when I was reading this, um, she was like, she eventually just got rid of it. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's weird. And yeah. then I figured out why. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Okay. Next one. My mom and dad moved into a small house, old 1940s, 50s something. Back in those days, they had one phone in the house and it was usually in the, in a central location. So they called, so they had a thing called a phone niche. It was a small shelf or pedestal built into the wall um, near the center of the house somewhere. My mom and dad and older sister, I was not born yet, moved into this old creepy house and it had one of those and on it sat an old-fashioned antique phone. The phone itself wasn't actually connected to anything. You could pick it up, you could pick up the entire unit and carry it around so there was no phantom connection under the phone or anything. But every once in a while, if you picked it up, you could hear a dial tone. My mom swore to my dad that if that fucking phone ever rang, they were moving out. (laughs) (laughs) Can't say I blame her. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Just randomly pick up a disconnected phone and hear a dial tone. Yeah, that's... I mean, it could be worse, but geez. Next one, a friend of mine was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis fibrosis and was so upset over it that she made a suicide attempt. She landed in a mental hospital wing of a big hospital, and I went to visit her one evening. I had a hell of a time finding the right place and felt like I had walked through miles of an increasingly decrepit hospital before I found the right wing. Went through a double... A set of double doors and found myself staring down a dimly lit hallway with an incredibly creepy, withered, old-looking lady in a house coat standing right in the middle of it. I walked down the hallway nervously, not taking my eyes off the old woman. She didn't take her eyes off me either. I flinched as I walked by her, but she didn't move. Ten feet beyond her was the doorway to the waiting room of the ward I was looking for. I breathed a sigh of relief as I reached the doors and then glanced over my shoulder to see if the woman had moved. She was right behind me, staring into my face. Oh my god! I don't know how she managed to silently cover that ten feet just as fast as I had moved, but she did. I don't like that. I totally was expecting to be like she was gone. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) Next one, I used to pick up dead bodies for a funeral home. One stormy night, I was in the coolers putting a guy on a shelf. In a matter of a couple of seconds, the following happened. The guy on the next shelf up shifted and his hand fell down in my face. The doorstop slipped and the cooler door closed behind me. The power went out and the lights went off. Oh, no. All purely coincidental, but I still shit my pants. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) See, that's that's, horrible. I just could not work around dead bodies. I I couldn't. I can't. Like, God bless the people who can. My imagination. Yeah. Oh, my God. No. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't either. I would just 
freak myself out. That's yeah, all it would be. Yeah. I would totally freak myself out. Next one, I was 19 and staying at my family's shop. My family owns a magic shop, like the David Copperfield kind of tricks. (laughs) Not David. (laughs) David. Uh, And they lived above the store. Now, this wasn't a regular building. It was, in point of fact, a two-year-old, no, a 200-year-old log cabin. Well, actually, two log cabins put together with a few renovations, but it's nice and in a hollow in the mountains. My parents would often go on vacation in January and would leave me alone to care for the store. And usually, I would just sleep in the guest room for a week. I remember, though, this house always giving me the creeps. I always kept the lights on in the house and always felt like I was not alone. I hated being there at night, but I stayed... Uh, Too far of a drive to go back and forth all the time, and frankly, I couldn't afford the gas. But I knew something was odd with this house. It just felt wrong. Almost like I could see things staring back at me from the dark rooms. I would sometimes hear things, odd creaks and sound the sound of doors moving. One night, however, I laid down to go to sleep. Like usual, I locked the doors to the room and went to sleep. At about 2 a.m., I'm awoken by what could only be described as a refrigerator being thrown up the stairs. I sat up from, I sat up in bed and the door to my room started getting banged on repeatedly like someone was hitting it with both fists over and over and over again. I reached for a knife nearby the bed and stood on the other side of the room ready to attack anyone who came in, came into the room. It was so violent, and yet this tiny door with this tiny lock held. Suddenly, it stopped. Uh, No more banging, no movement, no nothing. I stood rooted to the floor for several minutes before I walked toward the door. I shoved a bookcase in front of it and sat in a chair on the opposite side of the room and watched the door for probably another hour before I fell asleep in that chair with the knife still in my hand. The next morning, I checked the house. Door still locked, no windows unlocked, alarm system on there was no one in the house that night except me it still scares the life out of me from time to time when i think about it that would be so scary i know and what like was it was it in their head because nothing was amiss right i mean like something like that would make me think i was going crazy mm-hmm. i yep. don't like that at all okay Uh, Next one, one night I was asleep in my room when my dog started growling frantically. I opened my eye to see what was the matter. She never makes noise at night. I saw my bedroom door slowly being pushed open. As soon as it had been opened enough for the light in the hallway to spill through the crack, my dog started barking her head off and the door slammed back shut. My mom came running into my room to see what was the matter and I told her what had happened with my door. She looked absolutely horrified and searched the entire house, all closets, showers, etc., to make sure nobody was in our home. We never found anybody, and it was just my mother, me, and my dog at home that night. Kind of creepy. Next one, 21 years ago, December, cold and dark outside at Mum and Dad's. Fell asleep in in my old room in the attic. Woke up about five... Woke up about half five, so five thirty, with my mom calling me down for dinner. Went downstairs, was about to turn left into the kitchen, glanced right, and there was my dad standing in the living room doorway, facing away from me, staring into the room. Something odd about the way he was standing made me pause for a minute and stare. I couldn't place it somehow, like he was looking at something terrible on the TV. I turned and went to the kitchen, and there was my dad eating dinner. He turned around, no figure in the... I turned around, and there was no figure in the living room doorway anymore. A little shocked, I mentioned it to my mom and dad. Dad looked surprised. Mom doesn't. Claimed she had been seeing a male figure around the house for years, but that was not my dad. Eighteen months later, and we were waiting for the undertaker to set up my brother's coffin in the living room after his death two days before in a motorbike accident. They leave, closing the living room door discreetly and leaving us to it. 
We're all in the kitchen, and my dad takes the first step. He walks to the living room door, opens it, and stands there, unable to continue. I'm a few steps behind and walk past him. As I do, crapping my pants, I think, where and when did I see him standing like that before? (laughs) Chills. I know. Isn't that terrible, though? That's horrible. I know. Next one, I'm the oldest of six kids. One passed away as an infant. My two younger sisters and one of my younger brothers used to like to push their mattresses together on the floor downstairs on the weekends and watch movies. My youngest brother still slept in his crib upstairs as he was still too young to roam the house at night as we had two staircases leading to the basement that he could easily fall down. One evening, as my sisters and brother were about to fall asleep watching a movie, my youngest brother appeared at the bottom of the stairs. It startled them awake and confused them as he should have been in his bedroom sleeping. They asked him what he was doing, and he just smiled and turned around and ran around the corner to the staircase. My sister followed, but when she reached the bottom of the staircase, he wasn't there. It wasn't possible. The kid had to climb the stairs on all fours still, and it took him minutes to climb them. Confused, my sister ran upstairs and asked my parents what my little brother was doing downstairs. They checked on him, and he was in bed sleeping. All three of my brothers and sisters cried hysterically that night because they knew what they saw, and it didn't make sense. They still swear to it by this day. Oh, my gosh. Swear by it to this day. Wonder what I wonder what it was. I don't know, but that's so creepy. It Just, is. And like, is it a doppelganger? Was I, it their imagination? Was I mean, was he astroplaning? Was he dreaming? I don't What's know. What's lucid dreaming? I just read about that. I heard the cra or read the craziest story this week about lucid dreaming. Lucid dreaming, I think, is where some people can like teach themselves to to like experience their dreams kind of kind of yeah and remember and this it was this girl and she said that she had been lucid dreaming for years and she said the craziest one that she had was she went to a bar sat at the bar next to this guy and he looked at her and like started talking to her and she was like, oh, I'm dreaming. This is my dream. And he was like, what? This is my dream. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. But I was very confused by the whole thing. I was like, what? Like, I was confused by it. Maybe that's something I should look up. Maybe. Next one. Mm-hmm. I have a younger brother who had an imaginary friend when he was younger He was also an avid sleepwalker. When he was around three or four, he started talking to someone he called Freya. He described Freya as a dark-skinned man with little clothes who loved to hunt in the wilderness. Then one day, he told me that Freya used to live nearby the house a long time ago. And then some white people came and burned him alive and killed his village. Not exactly something you would expect to hear from a four-year-old. I would be in my room and hear him talking like he was having a conversation, and when I would try to check on him, he would immediately become silent and turn his head as soon as I peeked around the corner. Very unsettling. While my other brother, the middle child, was visiting my dad for the summer, but the day before he got back, my youngest brother told my mother and I that Freya does not like when my brother is mean to me. He's going to scare him. The night he got home, my mom and I were downstairs and heard a scream that I can still hear to this day. We ran upstairs and found the middle brother swearing that someone was shaking his bed violently. It was a bunk bed. My youngest brother was sound asleep. A month later, my youngest brother took a bad fall and cracked his skull. He was fine, but never talked to Freya again after that. He would also sleepwalk constantly and show up right next to my bed and stare at me until I woke up and promptly shit myself. One night, I heard my front door open and close. Since it was 4 a.m., I went to check it out. I opened the door and found my brother at the far end of the yard in the snow, only in his underwear, staring right at me, and then he slowly waved. Those shivers weren't from the cold. Creepy little kid. Yeah. Next one, I was stuck in the bathroom in a creepy house my family was staying at. I was home alone. 
You had to force the door into the jam to get it to close and latch, only to find out that the knob didn't work the latch. I heard the, sec the side door slam shut downstairs and thought my dad was home. I called to him, Dad, Dad, I'm stuck in the bathroom. I heard him walking on the hardwood, the kitchen, down the hall, stopped at the bottom of the stairs. Dad, I'm locked in, I yelled. I immediately heard him run up the stairs and stop at the top. Once more, I exclaimed, I'm locked in the bathroom. Four more steps, the other side of the door. Dad! Then, boom! The door swung open and slammed into the wall. I stepped into the hall. I looked around. Nobody was there. I politely said, thank you, and went straight to bed. <laughs> that one hit home with me because that's exactly what freaking happened when I was knocking on the window at mommy and daddy's. Oh, yeah. Because I heard, like, it was like, I kept hearing or seeing, you know. Yeah. I saw her walking to the door and I was like waiting and <laughs> it was the craziest thing. Next one, spring break of 2010, my buddies and I decided to camp out on an island that at a local lake. One night we were cooking food and drinking beer. A canoe floats by with a guy in it. He asked us how we're doing, and we invite him to our island for grilled meat and beer. Being in South Arkansas, we naturally assume that everyone is friendly and wants to hang out. His name was Kurt, and he was super friendly, but really seemed to be sad. We asked him what was up, and he replied, Oh, nothing really. It's just that my friends are probably worried about me. He looked at me and winked. They'll find out soon enough, he said. That still haunts me to this day. Everyone liked Kurt, and... Noticing that it was getting dark and he had been drinking, we offered to let him stay with us that night. He declined to say that he had to get to where he was going, and he seemed very adamant about that. I asked where he was headed, thinking maybe we could take to give him a ride on a jet ski or something. Kurt ignored the question and said, You boys don't know how lucky you are. He hopped in his canoe and left. We didn't think much about it. The next morning, we woke up early to do some fishing. As we were fishing, a police boat pulls up. The officer asked if we were part of a search party that found the body. We obviously had no clue what he was talking about, so he tells us a story about a young man in a canoe that had disappeared last week. Apparently, divers had found his body at the bottom of the lake two days before. The young named man... <laughs> the young man's name was Kurt Clark... This was so freaky for us that we all packed up and left camp that day. <laughs> what is wrong with me? <laughs> I can't. Okay, and this is my last one. About four years ago, I was sleeping and woke up randomly to see a person standing next to my bed. This person was clearly female, but very petite, perhaps a teenager or just tiny in stature. She was facing away from me and had her shoulder cocked up to her cheek like the way you sometimes see people holding their phones. Her hair was in a low ponytail. There was nothing surreal or ghostly about her. She appeared exactly how, how you would imagine a person would if you were to waken in a dark room, somewhat illuminated by moonlight. There was no mistaking the fact that someone else was standing only a couple of feet away from my bed. I jolted upright immediately. Shock is putting it mildly. I remember my heart was pounding. The worst part about it was she heard me sit up and reacted, yeah. turning her crooked head around to face me as she, as if equally surprised to see me as I was her. I was so scared I actually closed my eyes, as they do in movies, thinking that when I opened them she would be gone and I would chalk it up to some sort of half-dreaming state. Nope. She was still there staring at me. I started to fumble for the lamp on my nightstand. It felt like goddamn forever. I couldn't take my eyes off her. I was so nervous that the noise would further prompt her to come towards me or something. When I finally switched it on, she was gone. I called my boyfriend, hysterically crying and beg begging him to come over. He refused and said I hadn't actually seen what I thought I had seen. I slept with the light on for three entire weeks. I was so scared. I remember I told my mom the next day, and she advised me to search every closet in my apartment for squatters, which is perhaps even more terrifying than a ghost appearance. That's weird. And that was another one where she 
was like surprised that they could see her or you know like they noticed her too what the heck it's almost it almost makes me think of more like a time slip or something yeah yeah like this girl was standing there on her phone yeah and then all of a sudden she was somewhere else yeah it's weird very weird all right it's time for the witty wrap-up so i did more halloween stories okay my sister and i went to a haunted house together we decided that i would lead the way through the house it was incredibly dark and my low light vision is not great cut to me circling us around the same room three times because i couldn't find the entrance to the next room (laughs) eventually the staff took pity on us and someone used a spooky ghost voice over the speaker system to say "Ooh, there are stairs to your left (laughs) my sister and i were laughing at ourselves just as much as i'm sure the staff was oh my god Talk about embarrassing. (laughs) The fact that they thought they had to use ghostly voice is the best thing ever. (laughs) Oh, that was good. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. I had a huge crush on one of my cousin's friends, and one year he came with us to the Headless Horseman Hayride. Fifth house in, and this guy with a chainsaw got me good. No, I mean, I actually peed myself. For some reason, I ran out of the house yelling, I peed, thinking my mother would be out there to laugh with me since she had gone into the house ahead of me. Instead, the only person outside happened to be my crush. Oh, no! (laughs) Oh, my God. I'll start this story by saying that my brother and I both have weird senses of humor to begin with when it comes to spooky stuff. So when we started hearing a baby crying in one haunted house we went to, we'd already started to crack up. Apparently, in that particular room, a fake baby was supposed to swing down on a noose to scare you, but instead, the baby doll accidentally got detached from the ropes and flew across the room. We both laughed so hard they ended up actually (laughs) kicking us out. Hey, that's funny. That's that is fr- funny. It's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> Who punted the baby? <laughs> that's funny. They should that's have kicked good. him out. Yeah. <laughs> when my friend and I went to the Amsterdam dungeon, he got so scared that he physically pushed me on top of one of the actors, knocking oh. us both down before he ran out of the room. Oh my god. <laughs> How rude. <laughs> Last weekend, I went to a haunted house, just me and my dad. I typically grab onto someone's arm for moral support during these things, so I was glad he was there. But I never knew how much of a chicken my dad was until that night. He literally pushed me in front of everything, including a chainsaw. (laughs) I left him in the dust after that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. My friend was holding my hand while we were walking through a haunted maze. Problem was, at one point, he got so scared that he took off running and his watch got caught on the sleeve of my shirt. Oh, shit. He ripped off part of my shirt to the point where it was just sadly hanging off my shoulder. Oh, my God. You really find out people's true personality when they're scared. Jesus. My sister and I went to the House of Torment in Austin when I was 16. We were getting super scared, as per usual, for these haunted houses. But at a point, I just couldn't take it anymore and literally dropped to the ground because I was so scared. (laughs) My sister proceeded to pick me up and practically drag me through the rest of the house while making the angriest face I have ever seen. She was in protection mode. But what was funny was that after she started making that face, literally no one was popping out to scare us. <laughs> I actually saw one guy about to jump out at us, but he saw her face and retreated. She literally scared the people that were supposed to scare us. <laughs> That's great. 
The first time I was ever in a professional haunted corn maze, I was 12. I was there with my mom, dad, brother, and a couple of our friends. About one minute into the maze, a zombie clown with a chainsaw jumped out of the corn, full on running at me and my mom. I screamed, turned around, and made a jump into my mother's arms. That would have impressed Scooby and Shaggy. She had a broken ankle at the time. (gasps) She was even in a walking boot. Needless to say, we both went down hard. Just imagine it, a five foot tall, 100 pound little girl flying into her mommy's arms. (laughs) (laughs) I was in the sixth grade and my older sister and her friend wanted to take me to a local haunted house, knowing that I would be terrified. (laughs) I wanted to seem cool, so I stupidly went. We got as far as the second room before I saw a woman lying down, chained, chained up with blood all over her, yelling, Help! Please help! I got so freaked out that I started yelling to everyone that this woman seriously needed our help. It got to the point where this lady, who was obviously acting, busted out laughing, breaking character. She told me that she was okay, but I needed to move along so I didn't mess up the experience for other people. I am now 29 years old and still feel the embarrassment from that night. (laughs) That's really cute, though. (laughs) An organization I was part of in college decided to do an outing to a local haunted maze. When we got there and told them we had a big group, probably 15 to 20 of us, they literally asked us if we would be willing to work the maze that night because they were understaffed and had a huge wait time. They dressed us up and sent us into the maze with no training whatsoever. It was awesome. (laughs) That would be fun to scare people. Yeah. I went to Six Flags and got so scared in one of the mazes that I wouldn't stop screaming. That is, until a scare actor screamed, Shut up! I can't take it anymore! Right at me, then proceeded to leave the maze after he ripped off his mask. My screaming literally made a man quit his job. (laughs) It's probably a teenager that had no experience with children whatsoever. Probably. (laughs) It's good birth control. (laughs) So, this one kind of counts, even though it's a ride. The first time I rode the Haunted Mansion at Walt Disney World, I was four years old. The ghosts didn't scare me at all, but the moving walkway to get into the doom buggies terrified me. I wouldn't even step onto it. My mom had to pick me up and plop me down, fully shaking, onto the seat. The Disney cast members were super accommodating, and they helped helped calm me down. But it's pretty hilarious that out of all the things to be scared of on that ride, it was the moving walkway that took me down. (laughs) There was a terrifying clown at the entrance of a haunted house I went to when I was collecting the tickets to get in. And he held his hand for my ticket, but I gave him a handshake instead because I was too scared to pay attention. (laughs) That's all I got. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Email in your stories. We still need them. Ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook. Rate, review, subscribe, wherever you listen. And next week when we record, it'll be Halloween Eve, right? So, yay. Hopefully we'll do something fun. Mm, We don't know yet. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Later. Bye.